thanks for listening in to Leading Well, where we get to know leaders and how they make it happen. I'm your host, Tim Davis, and today we have the pleasure of having Lori Christopher here with us, former mayor of Kaiser and 25 other titles. So good morning. Morning, Tim. Yeah. So um, we usually just get straight after it, you know, um, try to pick your brain a little bit about life and uh, what what maybe childhood look like? Where'd you grow up? That type of thing. Okay. Mm. So I was born in Los Angeles, but very quickly relocated to Salt Lake City, Utah, and then eventually Idaho Falls, Idaho. I consider Idaho home. Okay. And so I was raised in Idaho for and lived there for 15 years mm. until I got married and moved to my husband's family, which was in Albany, Oregon. Okay. So I've been in Oregon now, oh my gosh, 45 years. Wow. So I guess I, after You're 40, you get to call Oregonian, yourself an Oregonian. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I totally am. Raised <laughs> by a single mom. Okay. Uh, when my grandfather died, my grandmother moved in with us, and those were good days mm. because all she had was to worry about me. So oh, I was so fortunate. She was an expert seamstress. I could literally pick a picture out of a magazine and say, Grandma, make me that. And she would home make that outfit, <laughs> awesome. like 17 magazine. And then I got home-cooked meals. I had homemade breakfast every morning. Um, it was wonderful. I had a great I had a great childhood. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. High school, college, you know, oh, what, what that stuff look like? So in high school, that's probably where I got started in leadership positions. Okay. Um, there was a void, and I was in a lot of creative classes, and they needed a historian. So I liked the idea of being able to set in on policy boards and mm. at the same time make a scrapbook. And so I got to make a scrapbook of what the class was doing. I ended up being historian for my freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year. And by that time, I had a real feel for policy work and for making decisions by committee. Wow. It's kind of an interesting mix, right? With uh, it takes detail and all that and doing the historian work, but the creative side, mm-hmm. you know, of uh, scrapbooking and, and all that. And I know you have a love for art and we'll, we'll get to that maybe after a little while. But uh, high school, scale one to 10, you'd give it a, you know, your experience, your happiness, your whatever. Oh, jeez, I'd give it a 10. Yeah. Just had such a great time. I was in a, a large high school, Skyline High in Idaho Falls, Idaho. My class is a class of 400 people. People and my fiftieth class reunion is this summer. I'm still in contact with some of the folks that I went to school with. Some of the girls that wow. I met, um, you know, we continue to be acquaintances at best um, because everybody has lives. Sure. Um, so when I moved to Oregon, I got married, and I had started a, a college at Idaho State University, but I only finished two classes. And I thought I would commute from Idaho Falls to Pocatello. And there's weather, and there were other things, and I was young and distracted. Mm. And so I 
only finished two classes. So when I moved to Oregon, I thought I want to go back and get my degree. Mm. So I started at Lynn Benton Community College, finished George Fox University with a degree in human resource management, and then I went on to get a master's degree in public administration at Portland State. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, What would you say was the biggest challenge you faced during those college years, maybe? Well, I went back as a, an older student, okay. so I like to say that my diplomas should read We the People, because <laughs> it took tremendous effort on behalf of my husband, my now husband. Mm-hmm. We've been married for 36 years, and I had a four-year-old um, daughter, and then I had Evan, my youngest, and so I had two kids at home. Yeah. So if it hadn't been for Grandma and Grandpa helping us, I can't tell you how many dinners Grandpa and Grandma would help us with because I'd have schoolwork and I'd be busy with my job. I was working, going to school, and I didn't care how long it took me to get my master's degree. So right. I would take one class at a time. But they were demanding. Yeah. And they were demanding when you already had a full life. So uh, just before we were uh, on uh, the air, we, we talked about, like, you made a, a mention that that's when I feel like I, you know, like, so in high school, you know, you, you saw that leadership opportunity. Maybe what was the first thing you you saw that you had passion for? Do you mean issue area or? Mm, or do you could mean, be art, could be the oh. details, his, history, like you were explaining. Oh, I love or, history. Yeah. I mean, I love history. And I... I, I mean, there were, at that time, I, I really can't remember what the issues were in high school, but I remember how I got involved with Kaiser politics. And Kaiser politics were, we were a young family, and I had a six-year-old at that time and a two-year-old. And mm-hmm. we, they played, uh, my six-year-old played Kaiser Little League, and we would go to the parks, and the parks were in terrible shape. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing for my two-year-old to do, and I thought, we're... We're not doing a good job at servicing young families. So, When is somebody going to step up and do something about this? Exactly right. <laughs> because I would go to city council meetings, yes. and I was looking at seven men mm-hmm. who were in their 60s and 70s. The first time I went, I said, do you even know how many parks we have in the city? None of them did. Do you know where the parks are? None of them did. Are you in the parks? None of them were. And so I volunteered to be on the parks board, and we started to make changes. We started to get organized. We started to say, okay, what can we put in these parks that will supplement the natural beauty that's already there? Mm. And how can we serve young families who don't have a lot of money? That was me. We were a young family and didn't have a lot of money for entertainment, and we had little kids. So we started to put together the parks master plan that put uh, amenities into these parks. Mm -hmm. And then eventually Bob Newton, who was a wonderful mayor and did so much for us. And I just really looked up up to him. Anyway, a position came open and it was, uh, they asked us to apply and they did, and I was. It was Jackie Moyer and I, and Jackie Moyer would be a great one for you to have in this program as well. She's yeah. her passion. Her husband was a police officer, and her passion was working with citizen policing, and my passion was 
families with young children and uh, amenities for those people in our communities. And I wanted somebody on city council that could empathize with that and could relate to what a young family's needs were. And so that's why I applied to, to be on the city council. Um, it was locked down. It was a 3-3 vote. They went five times to the vote, and they just could not make a decision. They came to us, Jackie and I, and said, look, we're at an impasse. Do you care if we draw your name out of a hat? <laughs> and both of us, now you're talking, it's 8 or 9 o'clock at night, and both of us said, no, no. Let's totally do. Let's let's do that. Let's draw our names out of a hat. And so, at the time, the police chief, Mark Adams, also would be a great guest for you. Um, he drew our name out of the hat, and it was me. Uh-huh. And so, I was placed immediately on city council. If you look back at those pictures, I look a little like deer in the headlights because it's like I'm taking a, right. a chair now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was, and. Um, and Jackie then ran for the office, and she was elected city council, so we served together. Jackie, I think, served two terms, so we served together for eight years. She was a terrific city councilor. Mm. And she was my um, council president for at least two terms. She was fabulous. We worked really well together. Yeah. So anyway, how I got to be mayor was, so I, you know, I had a lot of people who would say, well, you, you know, you were chosen you were chosen to be a city councilor because your name came out of the hat. Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> that was that was luck. And so um, Bob ha- Bob Newton had to quit, and he tried to talk me into running to ma- for mayor. I was then council president because uh, one of the, the councilor who was council president got in trouble and had to resign city council. Hmm. So I was made council president. I'd been on city council, I don't know. 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> not a long time, Tim. And so I was council president, and that was a great gig. That mm. was terrific because you weren't in the limelight, but yet you were uh, supporting the mayor and doing a lot of the policy work. It was that I really liked that job. And then Bob tried to talk me into running for mayor, and I told him no a number of times. And then he got Jerry McGee to ask me. And anyway, I ended up, up on you. Well, yeah. And it, you know, it made sense because what he said is I said, look, I wouldn't vote for me. I've been on city council for two and a half, three years, and I don't even know what I don't know. And he said, but you've got two and a half or three years more experience than somebody who's not on city council if they were to run for mayor. Mm. And that puts us so much further Farther ahead. Yeah. yeah. So that's how he talked me into it. Yeah. And then I stayed for 14 years. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can see uh, your influence in our city uh, in many ways. I know you have a you know, a passion around art, mm-hmm. and and I see how you've incorporated that and history and other things into into our city, which is which is pretty cool. And you know, if you if you don't live in Kaiser, you should come check it out. It's a it's a pretty phenomenal place to live, right? Yes. And, uh, yeah, it's got to feel rewarding for you to invest that much time and energy and to see Kaiser continuing to flourish. You know, well, so speak, I will or? tell you, during my tenure, we were able to build the Civic Center, and I remember we needed, we used urban renewal funds to do that, and I remember our then city manager, Chris Epley, said, um, there's no way that you're going to get a 7-0 vote, and we need a 7-0 vote to be able to use urban renewal 
money and pay for it and not have bonded debt. And I thought we could. Yes. And so I worked at that, and I remember the night when we voted at that, and I had a 7-0 vote, and I looked over at Chris, and he... <laughs> Tell me I can't do something. He winked it. at me, and I winked back, and I thought, let's go. And yeah. then we worked with 27 property owners to get the Kaiser Station. Tim, that was... <sighs> That was a home oh, run. Yeah. I mean, that was the, a lot of work. It was a ton of work. <laughs> it took a, and to took get a while and it took 27, a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It took like eight years. Yeah. And we would go to National Night Out and completely get beat up by everybody because yeah. of what we were doing. And almost the minute that we signed Lowe's and Target as the anchors, and we knew it was going to be a runaway success, the return on investment, yeah. the minute it was completed to the point where we could start putting businesses in there was 300%. Yeah. It was phenomenal. And I used to have, you know, a funny tagline that says, you can't buy socks and underwear in Kaiser. You couldn't. There was nowhere <laughs> to buy socks and underwear right. in Kaiser. Now look what that's become. Yeah. You know, in, I mean, we it employs over 3,500 people during the pandemic when all of the tradespeople were out of work because mm. of fear of COVID, sure. um, the Lowe's kept them busy, yep. and they were working through those organizations. They were working through Target. So, uh, and the other thing is, you know, people say, oh, but those aren't living wage jobs. The heck they're not. Yeah. Those trades positions are living wage jobs, and the other jobs are full-time, by and large, and yes, With they're... benefits. Yes, yeah. and... Some are entry level, but I'll tell you what, all of the moms that have kids in school, they now have local work options. Yes. They don't have to leave town. So if they have a sick kid, they can get to that child and yeah. not have to travel a long distance. So there's no negatives on the Kaiser Station, in my opinion. Sure. Um, not only did we recoup and and thrive by the investment, the initial investment that we put in for roads and all the infrastructure, mm -hmm. but look what it's done for our citizens. Huge. Sure. And then the third big thing we did during my tenure was Kaiser Rapids Park. Yeah. And really, that was Richard Walsh, and you should have him in. Sure. And he had this wild, crazy idea, let's buy this land down on the river. We sure as heck would want to have that and preserve that. And we worked with the Charge family who had lived there for decades. I want to say 40 decades. Their kids used to ride horses through what is now the wooded area of that park. And Richard wanted to put that on our long-term planning. And we all thought, oh, crazy person, fine. Put it on the long-term planning. Within five years, we had a park there. And yeah. they donated that land. We paid a million dollars. They donated a million dollars. Uh, I mean, look, look at that park. Now we have the big toy the big there. Toy we and, have yeah. the boat landing there, deep water boat landing. Beach volleyball. And, and yeah. uh, the, amphitheater. the amphitheater. And look yep. how that amphitheater is used yeah. in the summer. So those were tremendous. I mean, it was a really, it was a really good time. Yeah. 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 And just for our listeners, you know, um, in your own lives, whether you're leading your family or a business, um, we get ideas and passions around things. And just because everybody doesn't share it, right? I try to tell people this often, oh. like, don't let other people's insecurities or lack of faith or, or maybe too much fear uh, keep you from 
pressing forward to just doing the right thing, right? And so uh, I think that's part of what our culture is missing. I may, I may say this often, but uh, the, really the two things that our culture and everybody in, in it needs is purpose and gratitude. And those things will build resilience in you. You're able to get over speed bumps and hurdles because you have purpose. And so uh, for those listeners, and if you're a leader or, or you're just consider yourself a worker, what would bring you purpose and then chase after that? It sounds a little cliche, but it's important, right? Because if you had just listened to to people or if Richard Walsh would have just listened right. to the naysayers like, oh, that ain't going to happen, right? I right. mean, yeah, it if we listen to naysayers about, man, why would you buy that rundown building, you know, <laughs> right? And, and uh, but, you know, and you can never get by. We're the only bowling alley in Oregon, maybe in America, that doesn't have the lottery inside of it, right? And that, you know, we, we're sitting here inside a bowling alley with a podcast studio and a live stage, and they, everybody said you couldn't do all that stuff. And so, yeah. And yet so, here we are. There we are. That's yeah. right. You know, and again, it's not always right or wrong. It's just we're just doing our portion, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. And I would add... I would add uh, to passion and gratitude, I would add courage. Mm. And, you know, I, I often tell people when they say, oh, I, you know, I don't know how to do it and, you know, it'll fail and I, I, I don't know what to do. You got nothing now. Right. You got nothing now. Yeah. So take that step. Yep. Have the courage of your convictions yep. to step up and say, this is what I'd like to happen. I'll give you a perfect example of that. We're going through fits and starts right now, and art is very controversial. It's mm. very controversial. People have strong opinions. It's pretty subjective. Yeah. No, yes. I, yeah, right. And so we are about to do uh, another art installation, and it's Dancing Cows. And we're doing it on the, the roundabout. roundabout. Yep. Yeah. And we've had some vicious comments um, because what we wanted to do – we. I wanted to do something to honor Rosalie Herbert Moore. Yeah, the farm and that. Yeah, the, yep. She was a Kaiser pioneer. Yeah. She was a Parks uh, Advisory uh, Committee emeritus member. Mm. And she helped design the entire parks um, system for the city of Kaiser. And she loved those cows. Yep. She loved them. She had them named. And I know this because yeah. when it got when she got to be old, old and so old that she couldn't drive, I would go and pick her up. So we would talk to the meeting and back from the meeting. So I knew Rosalie well. Right. And so we had a local artist. We uh, We had them submit designs. They submitted designs. We had serious art, and we do have serious art mm -hmm. along River Road. We wanted to do something fanciful and fun for kids. Right. And so the idea came up of these colored cows. They're um, power-coded, and they're named. And so we thought, what a fun and cute idea. I void. <laughs> Guy. I'm telling you, you can, you know, it really tells you the state of the world when mm. people will be so critical over dancing cows. Yeah, you know, and again, out of our insecurities and fears and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And, I, you know, you can see it, your passion for history and art combining in that, honoring the people that came before us, oh, honoring, course. like, were, were you uh, doing parks for 20 years? Were, yeah. were, were you giving and sacrificing and, and leading and taking the arrows to make some of these things happen? You know? Yeah, thank so, you for that. Yeah. You know, sometimes I've responded and said, look, this isn't taxpayer money. We had donations to do this, right. and 
we welcome you to come on to our Kaiser Parks advise or Kaiser Public Art Committee. We welcome you. Yep. Come give us your ideas. We would love that, and we're sincere yeah. in saying that. Yep. It's not just nana and nana. We're right. we're sincere, but you're right. You know, it's one thing on the internet, and you know. We just recently had a McNary student art show at Kaiser Art Association. I, I have three, I have three boards that I set on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all I can do. I, I it's all I can do. And so I'm um, Kaiser Art Association, Kaiser Heritage Foundation, and Kaiser Community Foundation. And then I'm sorry, I forgot KPAC, Kaiser Public Arts Commission. But they're all tied together. And right. and like you said, it's your passion in that. I had a little bit of that when I was mayor. But I had to deal with weighty issues. Mm. Now I get to deal with what I want to. And this is fun stuff. But the student art show that we had, it was a dark show, Tim. Mm. I've never seen a student art show. Now, that's scary when you see what our kids are putting forward. And there were loneliness themes. There were um, mental health themes. Very, very different than what it was a year ago or even three years ago. Um, It's kind of scary, and it gives you real empathy for what these children have gone through for the last three years. And so, yes, I'm going to fight for dancing cows. There you go. And all you folks that are complaining, you're entitled to your opinion. You know, continue to complain about the dancing cows. But we're going to put something fun and fanciful so that anytime our children drive past that, they can see it and enjoy it and laugh about it. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, I, you know, there's a saying, it comes from the Bible, there's nothing new under the sun. And, uh, but um, w- what's something that you picked up as a, as a leader, either an, an idea, a process, a, something that you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to cut and paste that? And My favorite leadership tip is it's amazing what you can accomplish when you don't care who gets the credit. Mm. And I mean that sincerely. I couldn't have cared less if my name was affiliated with it. If it was a good idea and it moved Kaiser forward, I'll sign on. And if my name helps you, excellent. And if my name doesn't help you, I'll back off. Whatever you feel you need Mm. to get this accomplished, if it's good for Kaiser, I don't care. And nobody does. Nobody does anything alone. You know, it takes a group of individuals to work public policy and to make a difference in a community. So my advice is stop and listen to these good ideas. And they don't have to be your ideas. Right. And you certainly don't have to take credit for them. Promote the people whose ideas those were. Like I've said, you know, Richard sure. Walsh. Where would we be without Richard Walsh? Sure. Where would we be about without Rosalie? Where, where would we, we be, be without Don and Ann Liebold, right? Where <laughs> right. would we be? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, get yep. out of the way. Don't yeah. don't put yourself first. Yeah. And um and and you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish. Yeah, and I would just encourage folks to Give grace. Yeah. Give grace. We've just come through a terrible time. Mm. So many people are hurting. So many people need for us to give them compassion and grace. So just take it down a notch mm. and promote promote caring and loving feelings. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So you're at the age you are, and if you were given advice to your 25-year-old self, mm-hmm. what's a piece of advice you'd give yourself, your younger self? I would tell myself to not take myself so seriously. 
Mm. That rely on the people around you that want to help, that care about you, and let the naysayers go. If mm. they don't bring you joy in your life, you you don't need to be around that person. Now, you may have to work with them. Um, they <laughs> right. may be a part of the process, but you certainly don't have to embrace them. And, and surround yourself by people who support you and who bring who who bring something to the table. Don't take away from the table. I would say, too, you know, I'd like to give a pitch for volunteerism. I'll tell mm. you, when this country went on pause for three years, I, all the organizations that I work with are nonprofit organizations right now. It's very, very difficult to get volunteers back and feel comfortable. And, you know, the law of inertia, things in motion stay in motion. We've been out of motion for three years. So to get those folks back, the volunteer uh, opportunities are limitless. Right now, I work with Kaiser Heritage Foundation. The library needs help. Those mm-hmm. little shifts are four-hour shifts. Now, come on. Yeah. Somebody's got four hours to give. Somebody out there listening has four hours. I would think That's so. Right. And you're surrounded by people, like-minded people. If you love reading, if you love books, that's the job for you. The yeah. museum the museum has four all the all of the volunteer shifts are 4 hour shifts i love working when i volunteer for the art gallery you're sitting in this beautiful space surrounded by beautiful art you're talking with artists and life and like minded individuals 4 hour shifts all of these nonprofits are online and if you've got 4 hours to give let me tell you, you'd be doing us a favor, but mostly you're doing yourself a favor. Exactly. Yeah, I think that uh, God put that in us, right? When we give of ourselves, it encourages us, it fills us up, and yes. you know, lots of those things. So, yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you can listen to our show, of course, uh, at 11 o'clock on Saturday mornings on KSLM. And uh, any of the podcast platforms you're used to, that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and on and on. So thanks for listening to Leading Well by Valor Mentoring.